Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone. This episode is all about grammar, with a few funny examples thrown in just to keep it light, including quite a lot of references to pizza, dropping your phone down the toilet. Oh, what a nightmare. Annoying things that you have to do while playing The Legend of Zelda, and a made-up scandal involving the Queen and a pizza delivery. But the main focus is on grammar, and before you listen, I just want to mention that this podcast is made possible thanks to support from italki, my sponsor. And if you want to practice your grammar, perhaps with the help of a qualified English teacher, maybe doing some grammar study and speaking practice at the same time, you could do that using italki. There are loads of teachers there for you to contact. You can see their videos, read a little bit about them, perhaps have a trial lesson, and when you're ready, you can get started. And because you listen to this podcast, italki will send you a voucher worth a free lesson, but only if you use my special link. And that special link is teacherluke.co.uk slash talk. Or you can just click a logo on my website, italki. It could be exactly the service that you're looking for to help you find a one-to-one teacher and really make a difference to your English. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, folks. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Hope you're doing all right. Here's a new episode. Uh, I hope you've been enjoying the recent episodes that I've been uploading. I have had some nice comments and uh, responses to things like the Stephen Hawking uh, episode and stuff like that. So that's nice. Thanks for your positive feedback. It's always nice to read those things. Now, this episode is all about grammar, and I'm going to respond to questions and comments that I've received mainly in the comments section on my website. Questions and comments about grammar, basically. Now, I don't often teach grammar on the podcast directly. I've got a few episodes in the archive that are all about grammar, uh, but not that many, really. Um, So I don't often do episodes devoted exclusively to grammar. Sometimes grammar comes up in in episodes when I'm explaining things and, and so on. But uh, it's rare that I do uh, episodes all about grammar. But I still think that studying grammar is worthwhile. I think it's important. I do grammar all the time in my language classes. And it's often very interesting, I think. My students get into it, even though they're sometimes quite confused by it. And generally, I find that learners do see the value of studying grammar sometimes. Because ultimately, it is the foundation of the language. I think that a certain amount of grammar work is really useful and important, depending on your situation, of course. The main thing is it's all about balance. It shouldn't all be grammar. You've also got to focus on general communication skills. For example, it's no good knowing all the grammar, being able to do it all on paper, but then being unable to actually have a conversation. So you you do have to focus on actually being able to 
hold down a conversation, general communication skills, speaking, pronunciation, and the kind of slightly more mysterious aspects of just building up your confidence and uh, social skills and, and so on. And also developing and remembering vocabulary and all those things. But it does pay to take a proper look at the way the language works on a structural level. Uh, There may be certain big differences in the way that English works and the way that your language works. And you might need a helping hand in understanding those differences. And also it can help you to correct certain common errors that you might be making in English. So let's uh, take a deep dive into some grammar here on the podcast today. So there is information in this episode, and I imagine it's going to be one, but who knows, it could go on for a while, it could be two episodes. Anyway, there's information in this episode or episodes about verb tenses, so future continuous and going to, and also present perfect continuous versus present continuous. Also, we're going to have a look at uh, the grammar of newspaper headlines, So the ways in which newspaper headlines seem to use different grammar, or they seem to break the rules of grammar. We'll be having a look at relative clauses, and there is a specific question about prepositions, and also another question about have got versus have versus get. And also a couple of other selected comments from the website recently. That's bound to be more than one episode, isn't it? I think so. So this might be a couple of episodes. Now, some of these comments were sent to me bloody ages ago. And who knows, the people who originally sent them might not even be listening to this podcast anymore. I've no idea. They might have given up on English since their questions were left unanswered for so long. Or maybe they've given up on life in general and perhaps they've just moved to Florida or something where they run a modestly priced leather goods store. Or maybe they just died. I don't know what happened to them. Anyway, I don't know what you're all doing with your lives. But anyway, here are some grammar questions from listeners who may or may not still be alive or running a small business somewhere in Florida. Let's get into it then. So, verb tenses. We'll kick off with that. And this is a message from Alessandro, actually on Facebook. I've no idea when Alessandro wrote this to me. The way I've been doing this is every now and then when I see a grammar question from a listener and uh, I'm in front of my computer, I kind of just copy-paste the question into a Google document, and then when I've got enough grammar questions, I can do an episode about it. That's what I started doing ages ago, and I kind of forgot about it for a while, and then I rediscovered the Google document, and then I added a few other grammar questions, and so, Alessandro, I don't know if you're still out there listening. Anyway, this is what Alessandro wrote to me. He said, hi, Luke, I don't know if this is the right way to interact with you. Generally, Alessandro, the right way to interact with me is just to give me tea and cake. That's normally a good interaction. Hi, Luke, would you like some cake? Yes, please. Thank you very much. That's that's probably the right way to interact with me. But anyway, I know what you meant, Alessandro. Facebook, I'm I'm less active on Facebook. I mean, my my content gets published there, sort of, it gets automatically published there. Uh, But most of, mostly I'm on my website. Anyway, Alessandro wrote this. He said, I just need an info. Right, first of all, Alessandro, it's not an info. I know what you've written. It's An info means an information. So we don't say an information. Information is uncountable. So you can't have an information. And also, information never has an S on it. So it's never plural. 
for example, we we wouldn't say I can give you some informations. No, so it's never an information, and it's never some informations. Um, it's uncountable. So you'd have to say I just need some information, or maybe I need a piece of information or some pieces of information. So I just need some info. Could you please tell me? In which of your podcast episodes you explained the difference between the present continuous and the present perfect continuous? Well, Alessandro, I can't remember for the life of me. Maybe I did talk about that at some point on the podcast, but I don't remember when I did it. And Alessandro continues by saying, if you didn't yet, please consider this message as an idea for a new episode. I think that we learners usually use these two forms in the incorrect way. Okay then, Alessandro, I think you're probably from Italy. So, yes, it's probably quite common that you'll be using present perfect continuous uh, incorrectly um, unless you've kind of managed to to work that one out. But it's very common for probably people who speak languages that are related to Latin. So, for example, my French students also often have problems with present perfect or present perfect continuous. Okay, so let's have a look at the difference between present continuous, for example, I am eating a cake. What are you doing? Sorry, I can't hear you. I said I'm just eating a cake. Uh, So that's present continuous. And present perfect continuous, which would be I've been eating a cake, for example. So I'm eating a cake and I have been eating a cake. All right, then. Now, a typical wrong sentence would be this. This is something I hear from learners of English, certainly in France, probably in other places too. So this is a typical wrong sentence. Can you correct it? So here's the sentence. I am learning English since 10 years ago. Or maybe I am learning English since 10 years. Can you correct it? There's two things wrong with that, really. The first part is the verb form, so it should be, I have been learning English. And then the time expression would be probably for 10 years. So we've got the issue of for and since. So for goes with a period of time, since goes with a point in time, so when the thing started. So it would be, I have been learning English for 10 years, or I have been learning English since 2008. And when you're using ago, that goes with past simple. So, for example, I started learning English 10 years ago. I started 10 years ago. I've been learning for 10 years and I've been learning since 2008. I started 10 years ago. Okay. Now, a few issues here. Um, We've got, let's say, three issues to deal with. Present continuous, present perfect continuous, and also maybe present perfect simple. And also time expressions with present perfect for saying how long you've been doing something. So we'll start with present continuous, which is not a complicated one, really. I mean, it's the sort of grammar that comes up in probably elementary level. But it's still worth mentioning it because um, I just hear people getting it wrong all the time. So anyway, present continuous, which is be, so the auxiliary verb be, which obviously is am or is or are, for example, uh, with an ing form. So, for example, I am eating a cake. Um, So, how do we use it? Well, we use it, obviously, for things which are happening right now. 
You know, like the typical examples is I am sitting on a chair. We are learning English. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm just watching Netflix. What about you? Oh, nothing. I'm literally doing nothing. What? How is that even possible? I don't know. I'm just bored. No, I mean, like, how is it physically possible for you to be doing nothing? I don't know. There's just nothing going on. No, no, you you don't understand. I'm asking a, a sort of metaphysical question. Like, you have to be doing something. You're breathing. You're staring into space. You're just lying there. Look, never mind. I shouldn't have called you. Click. That was an example of like a weird telephone call that went wrong. Anyway, uh, I'm sitting on a chair. I'm speaking into a microphone. You know, that that you would probably use that on the telephone. For example, it would be something like, ring, ring, ring. Hello. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. Do you want to come over? I'm, uh, I'm having some pizza. Yeah, all right. Sounds good. See you in a minute. Okay. All right. Um, another one for another use of present continuous would be temporary situations at the moment. So not necessarily things that you're actually doing right now, but just the general situation at the moment. For example, I'm reading a really interesting book at the moment. So you might not actually have it in your hands, but you know, you're just eating lunch with your colleagues or something. And you're with um, one of your colleagues who you often talk about uh, books with. And you might say, you know, you're eating yum, 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 nice, nice, nice. And you say, I'm, I'm, I'm reading a really interesting book at the moment. Now, you're not reading it, obviously, right then and there in that moment, but just generally at that time, that, that's the, a, a sort of temporary situation at that general time. Another example would be, I'm working on a new project at the moment. You know, like you have a drink with someone after work. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm working on this uh, contract. So you're not doing it at that moment, you're driving a drink, but the general temporary situation is that you're working on the the project. Or, you know, oh, I'm just not sleeping very well these days. You look really tired. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm just just not sleeping very well these days. Okay. Compare that to present simple, which is for permanent things. Uh, Like, for example, I don't know, like, uh, I live in London. I live in London. This is a permanent thing, right? And I'm living in London at the moment. Sounds like it's kind of temporary, like maybe in a few months you're going to move somewhere else. Like I've just arrived in the UK. I'm living in London at the moment, but it's far too expensive. So I'm hoping to move to another place. I'm living with my brother at the moment until I can find somewhere else to live. Okay, so temporary situations. Also, we use present uh, continuous to talk about the future. Uh, fixed future plans, which is a bit like using going to to talk about, you know, things that you've already planned or decided to do. Like this conversation, you might hear people say this, like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? What are you doing tomorrow? So yeah, present continuous for tomorrow. What are you doing tomorrow? I don't know, nothing. Well, I'm going to the cinema to see Avengers Infinity War. Do you want to come? Yeah, yeah, that sounds brilliant. Wait a minute, is your girlfriend going? Uh, yeah, she is. Oh, well, uh, in that case, um, oh, I've just, I've just realised something's come up. I'm not going to be able to make it. I've just realised, ah, that's right. I'm looking after my neighbour's, uh, pet, uh, uh, fish, cat, uh, catfish. I'm I'm looking after my, my neighbour's catfish tomorrow. So, sorry, I can't come. Okay, another weird telephone call. 
there in which someone doesn't like someone's girlfriend. I don't know why I came up with that, but I did. Anyway, no funny ending to that story, just a bit of weird, intriguing drama. Anyway, so that's the present continuous. What are you doing tomorrow? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the new Avengers movie. Would you like to come? Or, hey, what are you doing after class today? Yes. Now, as a teacher, I've heard many students getting that one wrong. Like, for example, at the end of a, a, a class, uh, the class has finished, and then you hear the students talk to each other a little bit, especially in London when they were coming from different countries, and so they would still speak English to each other. So I would often hear at the end of the class, right, right okay, great, see you tomorrow, don't forget to do your homework, have a nice afternoon, and then someone would say, what will you do this afternoon? to someone else and it should be like what are you doing this afternoon or what will you do this evening should be what are you doing this evening what will you do after lunch what are you doing after lunch okay all right so that's present continuous things happening now temporary situations uh, happening at the moment and future plans things that you've already decided to do like social plans you've made now we don't use present continuous to talk about how long a present action has been happening. In some languages, you do. You just use a present tense and you add a time expression if you want to explain how long something um, has been going on. Okay? I mean, even in my explanation there, you can see I'm using present perfect continuous to describe how long something has been going on. Anyway, but in some languages, you just use a present tense and then a, a time expression. Like, for example, uh, and, uh, okay, present tense and a time expression, and that ends up getting sort of converted into English, which creates a common mistake. Uh, for example, uh, I often hear the sentence, I am, I am waiting here since three hours. To be honest, I don't often hear that specific sentence because it's rare that I, I leave people waiting for three hours. But you know what I mean. Uh, I, am, I am learning English for 10 years, for example. In English, though, you've got to get the verb tense right and the time expression right. So it's, I have been learning English for 10 years, or I have been waiting uh, here for three hours. And that's present perfect continuous. It's used for a few things, a few different functions, but a big one is to describe how long a present action or situation has been happening. For example, I'm recording a podcast at the moment. How long? Well, I've been recording this podcast for about 15 minutes. Okay, so I'm recording a podcast. How long have you been recording it? I've been recording it for about 15 minutes now. And you could do a kind of simple dialogue to practice that, which would be, hey, what are you doing? I'm just blah, blah, blah-ing. And how long have you been doing that? Uh, about blah, blah, blah time. Sorry, I said I've been doing it for about blah, blah, blah time. Why do you ask? Well, no reason. Okay, good conversation. Uh huh. That's the kind of uh, that's the sort of template for the conversation. You can imagine maybe like a situation. Let's say the village idiot. So the the just there's always one person in the village who's an idiot and doesn't do anything with their day. They just wander around being the village idiot. So you can imagine the village idiot going around town 
asking people what they're doing and how long they've been doing it. All right, the town, let's say, is a very sleepy village where nothing happens and everyone is unemployed. So they're just, you know, it's like the sort of town in a in a computer game, like The Legend of Zelda. You know, in The Legend of Zelda, right, that, com- that Nintendo computer game where you're on a mission to uh, rescue Princess Zelda, who's been kidnapped by some sort of evil bad guy, and uh, your character... Uh, has to rescue her and the whole thing takes like 40 hours or something and although this princess is potentially in mortal danger a lot of the time in the game you spend just wandering around the local village just talking to all of the people and just sort of finding out what they're doing and it's like very boring and it seems completely unimportant you just see these stupid people doing really boring unimportant things in the village while the princess is potentially being tortured or god knows what's happening to the princess in the in the castle uh but yeah a lot of the time you're just like do 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 going around oh what are you doing i'm doing this uh you know anyway imagine someone walking around town uh asking people what they're doing hey what are you doing oh i'm just i'm just throwing stones into a lake okay just throwing stones into a lake plonk plonk how long have you been doing that uh can you repeat that how long have you been doing that? How long have you? How long have you? How long have you been doing that? About four hours. What? I said I've been throwing stones into this lake for about four hours. What's it to you? Oh, nothing. Just asking. Uh huh. Bit weird, isn't it? Next person. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just um, uh, I'm just counting all the 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 sheep in this field. Okay, you're just counting all the sheep. You've got nothing better to do. No, exactly. I've got nothing better to do. I'm unemployed. And there's literally no work in this village. So I'm just sitting here and I'm counting all the sheep in this field. Okay, how long have you been doing that? Sorry, what? I said, how long have you been counting all the sheep in that field? Oh, um, I've been counting all the sheep in this field for about nine hours. What, really? Yep. I've been sitting here for nine hours counting all the sheep in this field. Okay, how many sheep have you counted so far? Uh, four. What? That's like less than one every two hours. You're not very good at counting. Well, there aren't that many sheep in the field. There's only four sheep in the field. It took me about a minute to count the four sheep that are there. And then I've just been sitting here for the rest of the time. Life is very boring in this town. Okay, this is a very strange conversation. What about you? What, if, what what are you doing? I'm just I'm just going around asking people what they're doing. Okay, fair enough. How long have you been doing that? I don't know. I've been doing it for about uh, three minutes. Okay, and how's it going so far? It's going pretty well. You're the more interesting one that I've spoken to. The other guy was throwing stones into a lake. Uh, he seemed a bit depressed. It's a bit worrying, this town. Everyone seems to be at a very loose end. I think that um, I think I'm just going to leave town, okay? Because Princess Zelda is in danger, and I don't know why I'm talking to you. So, you know, and then the person will be like, "Well, you know, maybe I've got some clue that's going to help you progress in your adventure, and you have to talk to me about counting sheep, so that you can then learn on some side mission, like how to collect sheep, so that you can learn." the skills of the sheep so that you can then like i don't know find a way of completing one of the side missions i don't know it's a computer game never mind luke okay right anyway let's get back down to earth here everyone 
I was just giving you some examples um, of using present perfect continuous to talk about how long you've been doing something. Okay, so we're talking about present perfect here, uh, present perfect and present perfect continuous. Present perfect simple is just have and a past participle. Like, for example, mm, I've eaten three cakes today and I still don't feel full because I'm so greedy. I can't wait to have another one. Anyway, I have eaten. So have plus a past participle, have eaten. Present perfect continuous is a bit like what happens when present perfect simple, I have eaten a cake, and present continuous, I am eating a cake. It's like when those two verb forms have sex and the result is present perfect continuous. Okay, that's not the that's not the way they describe it in the grammar books, but I thought that I would do something different here in Luke's English podcast because I can. So, yeah, you heard it here first. Present perfect continuous is what happens when present perfect simple and present continuous have sex with each other. Um, and present perfect continuous is born nine months later. So we have the have from present perfect simple, the been which is actually the past participle of be from present continuous, and then the ing form, the present participle, which is also from present continuous. Okay, so present perfect continuous then. I've been eating, I've been eating cakes now for three hours and I'm still not full because I'm so greedy. Uh, present perfect generally is all about actions in the past that are connected to now in some way. So in general, we're talking about actions in the past that are connected to now in some way. Okay, so it could be that they happened in an unfinished time period. You know, like, so how are you getting on? What have you done so far in this episode? Hi, Luke, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine, thanks. What are you up to? I'm just recording an episode of Luke's English Podcast. Oh, all right, that's interesting. What have you done so far in this episode? Well, um, so far I've I've talked about um, the Legend of Zelda, and I've talked a little bit about present uh, continuous, and uh, and starting to talk about present perfect continuous as well. Okay, and the person would say, "And how many grammar questions have you answered?" Well, I have. I've nearly answered one. It's been twenty five minutes, and I have nearly answered one. So we're talking about finished actions. So if we Use the example of I've eaten three cakes today. The cakes are finished, right? So the cakes are actually in the past finished. But I've eaten three cakes. So the cakes are finished. The eating of the cakes is finished. But there is some kind of connection to now because we're, first of all, we're talking about an unfinished time period today. And the fact that there is some sort of an effect on the present. So in this case, I've eaten the cakes. The cakes are now inside me. Okay. Another example of that, they have an effect on the present, would be like, I've just dropped my iPhone into the toilet. What am I going to do? I've just dropped my iPhone into the toilet. And that suggests, so the dropping of the phone is in the past, you see? That's finished. This is present perfect simple. I've just dropped my phone in the toilet. That's in the past. But there's a connection to now in the fact that um, uh, the phone is in the toilet. Okay, compared to I dropped my phone in the toilet once, it was terrible. That sounds like a story from a 
uh, a finished time. Like, oh yeah, I remember a couple of years ago, I dropped my phone into the toilet. It was a nightmare. I had to have it replaced. Okay, that's past simple. And then present perfect. Oh no, I've dropped my phone into the toilet. That means that the phone is probably still in the toilet or at least the phone is wet or there is some connection to now. I've dropped my phone into the toilet. What am I going to do? Oh, just flush it away, man. You don't need your phone, man. Just flush it away. Um, or it could be that the, the, the action started in the past and is, is not finished now. That's how it's connected to now. For example, you've been talking for 27 minutes and you haven't even answered one question yet. Okay. All right. You can see that's present perfect continuous. Or um, we use present perfect to say that something is very recent. For example, I've literally just started this question. So just give me a break. All right. Okay. Uh, Simple and continuous forms. Let's have another look at present perfect continuous then. And here we're talking about things that started in the past and are still going on now. For example, I've been living in Paris for five years. So I started living in Paris five years ago. I'm still living here now. I've been living in Paris for five years. Now, in some cases, it's the same as present perfect simple, depending on the verb that you're using. For example, I've lived in Paris for five years. That's the same as saying I've been living in Paris for five years. But if you say I've lost my keys, it's not the same as I've been losing my keys. All right. I've been losing my keys is not the same as I've lost my keys. Just because of the verb lose is, you know, just the nature of that verb means that it's not the same. You see, I've lived in Paris and I've been living in Paris, same thing. But I've lost my keys and I've been losing my keys different. I've lost my keys because it's once. I don't know where my keys are now. And I've been losing my keys suggests it's again and again and again, which is kind of a weird thing. I've been losing my keys... For 19 years now, I've had to change my lock 347 times. Yes, that would be strange, wouldn't it? So we use the present perfect continuous to emphasise that the action is repeated or maybe long. It's not just one single action, but repeated actions or a long action. And that kind of depends on the meaning of the verb, whether it's repeated or long. For example, I've lived here for five years, or I've, I've been living here for five years, that means it's long. I've been losing my keys means it's repeated, right? So I've lost my keys is once, and I don't have my keys now. Um, and I've been losing my keys for years. What's wrong with me? That is repeated, all right? And also with present perfect continuous, we have the uh, emphasis on the process of the action rather than on the result. So, for example, I've been working on my grammar recently. There you're talking about the process, emphasising the process of it. And I've worked on my grammar is a way of emphasising that it's a kind of completed or finished thing. For example, I've been painting my kitchen. You're talking about the process. And I've painted my kitchen. Look at, look at it. Doesn't, look, doesn't it look fantastic? There you're emphasising that, that the painting is finished or completed. Okay, I've dropped my phone in the toilet just once. I've been dropping my phone in the toilet suggests that you've been standing, picking up your phone, dropping it into the toilet, taking it out again, dropping it back in and taking it out again, which is a very strange thing to do. Hmm. We also use present perfect continuous to talk about how long 
a present action has been happening. So how long for a present action, often used with for and since. For example, I've been reading this book for three weeks. Okay, are we getting anywhere, ladies and gents? Am I making you more or less confused? I wonder. Um, It's difficult to get a grip on all of this stuff. It starts to get a little bit abstract and complex. But I am giving you some rules. So we've had present perfect continuous, things that started in the past and are still going on now. I've been talking for five minutes. I've been talking on this podcast for nine years and emphasizing that the action is repeated or long. So, for example, uh, I've been going to this gym for two years, meaning like regularly going to the gym every Saturday. I've been going to this gym on Saturdays for two years, emphasizing the process. For example, I've been painting my kitchen, which is the process, rather than I've painted my kitchen, which means that the whole thing is finished. Okay. If you're talking about how long, it's probably present perfect continuous. Like, I've been reading this book for three weeks. But if you're talking about how many times, it's probably present perfect simple. For example, I've read this book three times. See? So, how long I've been doing it, you know, how long I've been reading this book for three weeks, how many times I've read it uh, three times. Hmm. To emphasise the difference between present continuous and present perfect continuous, which is what Alessandro originally asked me about, here is a typical dialogue. And I'll read through the dialogue. You can notice instances of the different tenses, and then I'll go through it again to clarify. All right? So here's a little dialogue. We've got, so uh, I'm reading this book at the moment. It's massive. It's called Tune In, and it's all about the Beatles, and it's in massive detail. It's amazing. It's a really huge book. All right, so you're reading Tune In. Yeah, that's brilliant. It's long, isn't it? How long have you been reading it? Oh, ages. I've been reading it for weeks and weeks, and I'm not even halfway through it yet. Have you read it? Yeah, yeah, I've I've read it twice, actually. Twice? Yep, yep. Uh, How long did it take you to read it? Oh, just a couple of days, actually. Just a couple of days? Bloody hell, you read quickly. What are you reading now, then? Um, Now I'm reading Lord of the Rings. Oh, wow, another long one. How long have you been reading that? Oh, well, um, I started this morning. Okay, and how much have you read? Well, I've, I've nearly finished it. I've, I've read almost the whole thing. Bloody hell, you do read quickly. What's your favourite part of the book? Uh, um, can't remember, really. I haven't really been paying attention. Okay. So, in that dialogue, you heard present continuous and present perfect continuous. Let's go through it again. And a little bit of present perfect simple. So I'm reading this book. There you go. Present continuous, talking about uh, a general temporary situation at the moment. It's massive. It's called Tune In and it's all about the Beatles and it's in massive detail. It's amazing. Ah, so you're reading Tune In. Uh, Present continuous. Yes, that's brilliant. It's long, isn't it? How long have you been reading it? Present perfect continuous. How long have you been reading it? to ask how long for a present action. Oh, ages. I've been reading it for weeks and weeks, and I'm not even halfway through it yet. Have you read it? Have you read it? That's present perfect simple to ask about a kind of completed action. Not how long, but whether that person has finished the book, whether they have read the entire thing. Yes, I've read it twice, actually. There you go. Present perfect simple. How many times? Twice. Yep. So, how long did it take you to read it? How long did it take you to read it? 
Now we're in past simple here. How long did it take? Oh, a couple of days. Just a couple of days. Bloody hell, you read quickly. What are you reading now? Back to present continuous. What are you reading now? I'm reading Lord of the Rings. Oh, another long one. How long have you been reading that? There we are. Present perfect continuous. How long have you been reading that? Well, I started this morning. Okay, and how much have you read? How much have you read? Present perfect simple. Asking about how much is complete, how much has been finished. Well, I've nearly finished it. I've read almost the whole thing. Okay. Uh, Bloody hell, you read quickly. What's your favourite part of the book? Well, I can't remember. I haven't been paying attention. I haven't been paying attention. Um, They're focusing on the sort of the the process uh, of paying attention rather than uh, paying attention as a, a whole complete thing. Hmm. I've got a funny feeling that I'm confusing you with this. But anyway, there you go. I hope that that has explained, Alessandro, the difference. Let's boil it down to this. Present continuous is used for describing things that are happening now. And present perfect continuous is used to describe how long those things have been happening. Let's just keep it simple like that. If you go onto the page for this episode on the website, ladies and gents, you can see all of the notes and things I'm reading from here. I took a lot of time to prepare all of this. (coughs) Sometimes I wonder, I actually wonder sometimes whether or not it's worth it because like the, sometimes the more I prepare episodes, the more kind of abstract they become. It's a bit weird. So preparing all of this stuff uh, meant that I've written out lots of examples and I've gone into quite a lot of detail about the tenses. Sometimes I think maybe a better listening experience is just when I'm talking about subjects in an unplanned way. I feel like that's more engaging to listen to. But anyway, I said I'd do an episode about grammar. So come on, I've started, so I'll finish. Um, you'll also see on the page for this episode in my notes, a gap, uh, a gapped version of that dialogue about reading books. And uh, you'll see just the verb forms have been uh, rem- removed and uh, the verbs have been put in brackets. So you just have to fill in the gaps. It can be a, a way to practice. I've got a comment here about the transcription project. This isn't about grammar, but I just wanted to mention this comment. This is a comment from Antonio, who um, has been leading the transcription project, which you've heard me mention on this podcast before. Uh, I just thought this was an interesting comment to share with you. Um, And um, Antonio... Uh, said this. He said, I want to say something I think is interesting. There is two years I am involved in the transcription project. So I have to give you a correction there, Antonio, which is quite appropriate considering the grammar I've just been talking about. So it's not, there is two years I am involved in the transcription project. It would be, I've been involved in the transcription project for two years. And although I can't measure how much I've learned or how much my understanding skills have grown up, Uh, When I was listening to this movie, so Antonio has been watching a movie uh, that he's been talking about in the comments section, he said, uh, so when I was listening to this movie, finally, I could see the great result of my collaboration in the transcription project. In fact, watching this movie, I can see how much I still have to learn, but I'm glad to say that I feel I understand enough to enjoy the movie as I never was able to do before. So this result is fueling my motivation to continue working on this project, and I hope to see coming back even once in a while a lot of the people who've done such 
great uh, work transcribing the 135 episodes we've done since we started working as a team. That's all I wanted to say so far. Now back to the second part of the movie, which is not as interesting as the book, but that's what movies are, aren't they? So which movie and book is Antonio talking about? Well, we'll probably find out later when I read another comment from him. So there you go. The transcription uh, collaboration team uh, have done over 135 episodes of the podcast. You can find those transcriptions by going to my website, teacherluke.co.uk. And then in the menu, you see transcriptions and transcription collaboration. Click there and you can find the folder where all of those transcripts are saved. And you can join the transcript collaboration team. And you don't have to transcribe a whole episode. You can just do a three-minute chunk. Read the rules on the transcription page on the website and get uh, involved in the project. It can really help your English by basically helping you to do lots of intensive listening practice, which is surprisingly useful and surprisingly good at really pushing your English. So let's move on to the next uh, question. And this one um, is about the future, 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 and more tenses, future continuous and going to. So who wrote this comment? I don't know who it was actually. Can't remember now who wrote this. But anyway, here's the comments and it says this. Great. Thanks, Jill Marnie, for the lesson about English tenses. So last summer, I don't know if you remember, ladies and gents, a listener called Jill Marnie did a really cool challenge where she picked some episodes of Luke's English podcast and then posed uh, some questions, mostly about grammar, uh, like verb tenses, Uh, And she posed these questions all using a teaching app called Remind. So Jill Marnie, I think it was like the the Luke's English podcast challenge. I can't remember the name of the challenge, but Jill Marnie did this challenge and she picked a number of episodes from the archive and she created some questions focusing mainly on grammar. And the idea was that the listeners uh, taking part would uh, listen to the episodes and then they would get uh, notifications from Jill Marnie in the Remind app, which would uh, tell them which episode they should listen to. And then it would provide them with quiz questions for grammar. And so I can't remember who wrote this, but the person said, thanks for the lesson about English tenses, Jill Marnie. Now I have one question. What is the difference between these two sentences? So the first sentence is, I will be eating pizza when you arrive. I will be eating pizza when you arrive. And secondly, I'm going to eat pizza when you arrive. Okay, so the first one, I will be eating pizza when you arrive. That's really talking about an action in progress at a moment in the future. So the idea is that you'll be yum, 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 yum. When you get home, when you come through the door, the person will be halfway through the pizza. They'll have like... um, greasy hands, greasy fingers from picking up the pizza. They'll maybe have a bit of ketchup around their mouth or something and yum, 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 eating pizza. So I will be eating pizza when you arrive. When you arrive, the person will be in the middle of the pizza. Not physically in the middle, not just like bathing in the pizza. I mean, they will be halfway through the pizza when you arrive. So the pizza eating will be in progress. I will be eating pizza when you arrive. And number two, I'm going to eat pizza when you arrive. That suggests a planned action, which will start when you arrive. So the person is waiting. Um, They've got their pizza and they're probably waiting. And then when you arrive, they're going to start. They're going to eat pizza when you arrive. But (coughs) sometimes we use will uh, plus be 
plus ing, that's future continuous. For example, I will be eating pizza. Sometimes we use that form to talk about planned actions in the future, which are part of your normal routine, which is pretty much exactly the same as how we use going to, more or less. So sometimes future continuous and going to actually kind of cross over and they're used for the same thing. For example, will you be eating here today or will you be eating in the canteen? Have you decided which is like saying, are you going to eat here today or are you going to eat in the canteen? Will you be having a sandwich with us or uh, will you be eating out today? Are you going to have a sandwich with us or are you going to eat out today? So you can see there, they're kind of the same thing. For example, welcome to the murder tour of London. Today we will be visiting the sites of 30 murders, which all occurred in this one square mile. So you can see that there is talking about um, planned actions in the future as part of a normal routine. Today we will be visiting the sites of 30 murders which all occurred in this one square mile. Okay, you could also say today we're going to visit the sites of 30 murders. Uh, And at each location, one of you will get murdered. Right, just a joke. Uh, Yes. Our verb tenses are used for a variety of functions. You'll find that one verb form, one tense, can be used for a number of different functions. And sometimes those functions overlap. Like, for example, I've lived here for five years and I've been living here for five years. It's kind of the same thing. So in terms of the way the tenses are used, sometimes there is an overlap, you see. And that happens also with future continuous and going to. Sometimes there's an overlap. So future continuous, I will be doing something, is used for actions in progress at a point in the future. Like when you come home, I will be eating pizza. I'm not going to wait for you. I'll be eating when you come home. In fact, if you come home late, I will have finished the pizza. So you better hurry up. So actions in progress at a point in the future. Yes. Also future continuous for actions in the future as part of a planned routine. For example, welcome to the pizza tour of London. Today we will be visiting all of the best pizza restaurants in town and we will be eating until we are sick. Okay, so that's two uses of future continuous. And then going to is used for, amongst other things, it's used for planned actions in the future. For example, today I'm going to, I think, today I'm going to have a pizza for lunch. I don't care about my diet. I just don't care anymore. I'm going to have a pizza, two pizzas. I'm going to have two pizzas for lunch. Three. I'll have. I'm going to have three pizzas for lunch. I've okay. I've decided. I'm going to stop my diet because I'm fed up, and I'm going to have four pizzas for lunch. Okay. Um, so planned actions in the future. All right then. Uh, so how about these four sentences? How about these ones? What's the difference here? I'll be eating pizza when you arrive. So we've dealt with that one. I'll eat pizza when you arrive. I'm going to be eating pizza when you arrive. And I'm going to eat pizza when you arrive. Oh my goodness. So I'll be eating pizza when you arrive uh, is like number three there. I'm going to be eating pizza when you arrive. So that's like when when you arrive, I will be halfway through the pizza. And then I'll eat pizza when you arrive. And I'm going to eat pizza when you arrive are kind of the same thing. That means that uh, I will wait until you arrive. And then when you arrive, I will start. All right, then.
Hello, I'm just adding something here in sort of post-production, just to make sure that I've properly answered the original question, which is basically what's the difference between future continuous and going to? Okay, that was the original question, really. So I just want to make sure that I've answered that question. I think the person asked the question because, uh, to an extent, they're, they're, I guess they're asking, is there a difference between future continuous and going to? And I think that's what I've just explained. Uh, the, the point is that future continuous has got, let's say, two main functions. Um, the first one being actions uh, in progress at a point in the future, which is the example of, I'll be eating a pizza when you arrive. Okay, I know you're probably you're probably thinking, oh, how many pizzas have we eaten in this episode? A lot. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, things in progress at a point in the future. That's one use of future continuous. The other use of future continuous is a lot like going to, in the sense that it's used to describe planned things in the future. Okay, I used it as uh, for planned routines. But, you know, feasibly, you could say that it's just another way of talking about planned things in the future. Like, you might say, so what are you going to do today? Well, I'm going to work from home for a little bit, then I'm going to have lunch, uh, I'm just going to have a sandwich, and then I'm going to visit the co-working space and do some work there, and then I'm going to pick up the baby from creche at about six o'clock, okay? Typically, you could also say, uh, so what are your plans today? Well, I'm, I'll be working from home for a little bit, then I'll be having lunch in the uh, in the sandwich shop, and then uh, I'll be visiting the co-working space for a while, and then after that I'll be um, picking up uh, the baby from the creche, you see? So in that sense, future, continuous, and going to are really very similar. Also, you heard me saying earlier on in this episode that we use present continuous to talk about future plans, okay? For example, what you're doing later, or what are your plans for today? And you might say things like, well, I'm um, working from home for a bit today and then I'm having lunch uh, at the sandwich shop and then I'm visiting the co-working space for a while and then I'm picking up my daughter at six o'clock from the creche. If you're using present continuous like that, it sounds like your plans are really fixed, like really arranged, okay? Um, So these are slight nuances. There are little nuances here. So uh, if it's really fixed, it's like, I'm having lunch at the sandwich shop, which suggests that it's booked, okay? You've kind of booked a table or something. Um, And if it's, I'm going to have lunch at the sandwich shop, it just means you've planned to do it, might not be booked. It's slightly less fixed than I'm having lunch at the sandwich shop. And I'll be having lunch at the sandwich shop sounds a bit like that's a plan for the future because that's just like your normal routine, I'll be having lunch at the sandwich shop as usual. Okay, slight differences in meaning there. Okay, and that's the point I wanted to make here. Okay, now I'm going to go and have 900 pizzas. Yum, 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 yum. There you go. So we got through the, the verb tense stuff. Pretty abstract and complicated. But anyway, I hope you're still with me. Are you still with me, folks? I hope you are. I hope that you find this stuff to be useful. I mean, this is probably why I don't do a lot of grammar stuff on the podcast, because it does start to get a bit um, uh, abstract. And the meta language is somehow even more complicated than the the language itself. Like the explaining verb tenses is sometimes more complicated than just the verb tenses themselves. Anyway, let's move on. Here's a question that I got 
just a couple of days ago um, from Roland Varga. Uh, I don't remember where. Maybe it was on the, on the website. And Roland said this. Thanks for this episode. I've been meaning to ask you the following question for quite a while now. Oh, wonderful use of present perfect continuous there, Roland. Congratulations. <laughs> Clearly, you listened to the first part of this episode and before you wrote this comment, didn't you? That's obviously what's happened there. Yeah. I've been meaning to ask you the following grammar question for quite a while now, and Professor Hawking's death has given me the reason. Every time when someone dies, well, obviously, when it's a well-known person, all the headlines in newspapers come up in present time. Like this. Stephen Hawking dies at age 76, or blah blah dies at age 80. Shouldn't they be in past time? Shouldn't they be using, like, past simple tense? Yeah, good question, Roland. I bet you're not the first person to think about that question. And those of you, this is a good question, isn't it? Oh, yes. So the point is, headlines often say Stephen Hawking dies age 76. And surely it should be Stephen Hawking died age 76. Well, here we're talking about the language or maybe the grammar of newspaper headlines. And newspaper headlines also... Uh, the headlines that you find in online news articles, they have a grammar of their own. They kind of break the rules. Um, Yes, that's right. You might be thinking, oh no, you mean there's another grammar I have to learn now? I have to learn proper grammar and then I've got to learn how the grammar is broken as well? Yes, I'm afraid so. But it's not that bad. The main thing is that headlines in newspapers have to be punchy, they have to be short, and they also should be in the here and now in order to grab your attention. So they tend to use present tenses because they are more immediate. You see, if you're using a past tense, it makes it feel remote. Stephen Hawking died sounds like a remote thing. Like, you know, I dropped my phone in the toilet sounds like it happened, you know, sometime in the past and that now you've probably got a new phone. Stephen Hawking died doesn't sound like news. It sounds like it's old. That's one of the reasons, you know, they, they, they changed the grammar to make it more attention grabbing. So that means that some of the verb forms are put into the present tense. Okay, now there are other examples of the ways in which newspaper headlines grab your attention and they make headlines that are punchy and short. Here are some uh, points. So first of all, past simple or present perfect simple often just become present simple. For example, let's say this, this, the actual situation is that England have just won the World Cup or yesterday England won the World Cup. I know it's unlikely to be a, a newspaper headline, I know. But since I'm making these things up, then just allow me this brief moment of fantasy, if you would. So the, the sentence might be, hey, England have just won the World Cup or England won the World Cup yesterday. The headline in the newspaper would be England win World Cup. So uh, England have won the World Cup or England won the World Cup becomes England win the World Cup. Okay. All right. So past simple becomes present simple. The subtitle, like the next paragraph of the article, might develop the story in more detail in the correct tense. For example, England win World Cup. 
the England football team have won the World Cup in a dramatic victory over all other nations, proving inconclusively that England is the best country, not just at football, but at everything, including food, and that English people are the best people in the world, especially the ones who were actually playing the football match. Okay, again, just to allow me this brief moment of fantasy, if you would. Um, All right, so past forms become present. Future forms become uh, infinitive with two. For example, um, I don't know if the example is like the story is the Queen. Have you heard? The Queen's going to eat a pizza. Uh, Yeah, the Queen is going to eat her first pizza. And the headline would be Queen to eat pizza or Queen to eat first pizza. Or maybe even Queen in first pizza shock. Because sometimes they will use a lot of noun phrases as well. Instead of saying queen to eat pizza, which means the queen is going to eat pizza, they would add more sensational language. So you'd get something like queen in pizza eating uh, drama or pizza in a queen, pizza in queen shock. (laughs) Um, Anyway, another one might be a uh, Facebook is going to uh, stop being a bit evil. The headline would be Facebook to stop being a bit evil or Facebook in evil stop shock. Um, auxiliary verbs are often removed, especially in passive constructions. So, for example, uh, if, you know, Luke's English podcast has been voted the best podcast in the world, bar none, the LEP has been voted the best podcast uh, in the world, even better than, like, all of the other ones, then the headline would be LEP voted best podcast. So the has been, the auxiliary verbs in that passive construction um, get removed. So LEP voted best podcast or, you know, something like uh, Mark Zuckerberg was arrested yesterday would be like Mark Zuckerberg arrested. Uh huh. So in passive verb forms, the auxiliary verbs are removed. Also, you get very long noun phrases, very long noun phrases. So, for example... Uh, you might, you know, get... What What were some of the other examples? We had uh, pizza in Queen shock, which means that pizza has been discovered in the Queen's stomach uh, by doctors. And this is shocking. I mean, I'm just making the thing up about pizza. I think that it wouldn't be a, a, a shocking story if the Queen ate a pizza. There's nothing shocking about that, is there? I don't think so. I'm just making it up just as a silly example. Um, if we've got uh, what are some of the others? England have just won the World Cup. England win World Cup. It could be England World Cup win, which is like a, a big noun phrase. A World Cup win. A win. A win can be a noun, you see. Um, another example would be like, uh, Luke Thompson has dropped his phone in the toilet. Would be uh, Luke uh, like Thompson in phone toilet drop shock. So they make it into a noun phrase. Thompson's uh, iPhone toilet misery. Okay? Or something like bomb threat shock hits palace. So bomb threat shock. This would be like a a shocking situation in which there was a bomb threat has hit Buckingham Palace or Buckingham Palace was shocked by 
um, the threat of a, a bomb. Bomb threat shock hits palace. Also, prepositional phrases are sometimes used to mean that something is involved in something else or that something happened because of something else. For example, if the story is Paul McCartney is going to face criminal charges because he killed a couple of spiders when he was a teenager, the, the headline might be Macca. So Macca is Paul McCartney's nickname, by the way. Macca jailed over spider-killing spree. Uh, Macca jailed over spider-killing spree. Over there is used to express the fact that this is the reason why he was jailed. Macca jailed over spider-killing spree. Or Macca in spider-killing frenzy would be uh, in there, meaning involved in. Okay, so Macca in spider-killing frenzy. Uh, Thompson in iPhone toilet incident. Queen in pizza... Uh, restaurant. <laughs> no, that's that's a location preposition. Queen in pizza restaurant shock. Um, queen in pizza delivery uh, drama means there was some sort of drama where the queen delivered a pizza and it, it didn't get delivered and she complained and it became a constitutional crisis. Uh, UK in constitutional chaos uh, over... Queen Pizza Delivery um, Blast. Okay. There you go. There you go. Uh, who are, who asked that question? Roland. There you go, Roland. I hope that answers your question. It's just that newspaper articles have a sort of grammar of their own. And basically, past simple becomes present simple, basically. So, um, uh, Stephen Hawking died uh, last week would be Stephen Hawking dies aged 76. Okay, now before we carry on, before we carry on, here is comment of the week. Now, this is not really about grammar, but it's a very clear and well-written comment about the challenges of learning a language in response to my recent episodes about my problems with French. And I just wanted to read it out because I thought it was worth sharing. And since I'm going through some comments and stuff from listeners, I thought this one was worth um, mentioning. So this is from Tian Joshua. Tian Joshua. I'm not sure where. Maybe Facebook. Maybe the website. I think the website. Tian Joshua said, Learning a language is really an arduous task. My two cents. Something like learning language can only possibly go either one of two ways. It can be a virtuous cycle or a vicious cycle. So, ladies and gents, what Tian Joshua here is talking about is um, the process. Your process of learning a language can go in one of two ways. It can be it can be a virtuous cycle or a vicious circle. Nice phrases. A virtuous circle is a process in which things kind of improve and get better and better. And a vicious circle is where things kind of make, uh, uh, things lead to more problems, which cause more problems, and things just get worse and worse and worse. That's a vicious cycle. I'm in a bit of a, bit of a vicious cycle with my French because uh, I had, I've had some bad experiences, and so I, my confidence has been knocked, and it, it, and I, I'm not doing the right kinds of practice. And so that knocks my motivation. And that means that I then, uh, when I do speak French to people, I'm unconfident. And that leads me to have unsuccessful uh, interactions in French, which 
again knocks my confidence and the whole thing is a vicious circle. Whereas what you need is a virtuous circle, which is where you have a positive experience with the language, which boosts your confidence and gives you more um, motivation to carry on learning and in, in interacting with the language. And the more you do that, the more you're able to uh, have successful interactions and that gives you even more confidence. That's a virtuous circle. So Tian Joshua continues, continues, continues. In my mind, a typical virtuous uh, cycle goes like this. Something about a foreign culture or language sparks your interest. You reach out to find more of the culture via the language or the language itself. Uh, You either dip your toe in or you dive into it completely. Either way, luckily enough, you encounter some good people who are very friendly and helpful in your language learning journey. Your confidence gets boosted. You feel motivated to do more. They give you the initial momentum to send you on your trajectory. Once you have applied what you've recently learned in some personally significant real-life scenarios, like making a particularly witty and fitting comment in front of your secret crush or crushes, you get further positive feedback, which drives you to learn more so you can flaunt more in the next opportunity of using the language, like flaunt to show off your English skills or whichever language it is. As such, a rewarding positive feedback loop forms and you are on your way to solid mastery of this language. Conversely, a typical vicious cycle starts to take shape when the first couple of people you use this language with are not helpful or patient. That way, your confidence gets bruised and your desire to learn the language gets curbed. You're hesitant to speak up even when you should. You don't get to put your language command into use as often as you should. More importantly, you're not self-assured, which definitely makes you less convincing and communicative even in your first language. Based on what I said, maybe the main focus in language learning, and perhaps in everything else in life, should be breaking out of the vicious circle. If you're trapped in one, that is. Uh, To that end, we need to keep a positive and robust state of mind. In other words, we need to come to the realisation that we shouldn't let the people that we get into contact with influence us too much. They may or may not be brought to our life by fate. The encounters may or may not be part of a grand plan. I want to learn this language. I will not let language dickheads get in my way. And at the end of the day, I'm the one in control of my mind. I choose to stay positive. People cannot discourage me. And may the mental force be with you. And wow, what a great comment, um, Tian Joshua. I um, I just want to repeat a couple of lines from that comment. Um, these ones. I want to learn this language. I will not let language dickheads get in my way. And at the end of the day, I am in. I am the one in control of my mind. I choose to stay positive. People cannot discourage me. May the mental force be with you. Well, I think that's a fitting sort of point at which to close this episode. Um, food for thought. Just it just shows that we have to take control. We've got to take responsibility, uh, not just for the ways that we learn the language, but also for staying positive and making sure that we break out of that vicious cycle and push ourselves into a virtuous cycle or virtuous circle um, in order to make sure we're just basically on the right path and on the right track for um, getting the best out of our language learning. Ladies and gents, thank you for listening to this episode. You know what I'm going to do? I did say before that I had lots of other 
grammar questions to go through. And I do. I've got ones about using the verbs hope and wish when we're talking about the future and whether we actually do say wish when we're talking about the future. Um, I also have um, questions about um, relative clauses, a question about that. And I've got a question about prepositions. And I have a question about using the phrase have got and also the phrase uh, uh, have and also the phrase get, um, a common problem that people often experience. What I'm going to do is actually the next uh, episode, part two of this, is going to go into the app. Okay, so it's going to be an app only episode, the next part of this. So grammar questions and comments from the website or whatever this episode is going to be called. Part two of this will be available only in the app. And it'll be available free, but I just want to encourage you to get into the app. So it's going to be available there. I've got lots of content to publish this uh, this month, actually. I've been sort of surprisingly productive. Uh, so part two of this will be available in the Luke's English Podcast app. How do you get the Luke's English Podcast app? Well, you just go to the App Store, whether that's for an iPhone or an Android uh, phone, and just search for Luke's English Podcast app and download it, and Bob's your uncle. Now, one thing you should know is that the app has categories in the side menu. Okay, I really strongly recommend that you, when whenever you open the app, look in the categories because that's going to help you to navigate all of the episodes much more easily. If you just use the the universal episode list, then you'll just get everything in there: all the normal episodes, the app only episodes, the phrasal verb episodes, the videos, uh, all of that stuff will just be all in one big list. It's and that's quite difficult to navigate. So go into the categories in the side menu. That's the best way to find stuff, and you should be able to find. Um, the second part of this grammar episode in the app-only episodes category very, very soon, okay? Um, I just also wanted to give a shout-out to Jack uh, in the comments section here at the end of the episode. A shout-out to Jack because uh, Jack in the comments section has been making vocabulary lists for episodes of the podcast and writing them in the comments section. And when he's done that, I've then featured those comments uh, as like highlighted or featured comments on those pages, uh, to get it, listeners. So what what he's been doing? Jack is um, Jack is also part of the transcription team, and he's been doing really really good work transcribing episodes. Uh, his English is very good, even though he's modest about it. His English is actually very good, and he's got surprisingly uh, good vocabulary and and excellent listening skills. And um, so what he's been doing recently is listening to episodes and in the comments section, writing a big list of vocabulary items and little extracts of language that he's heard in episodes. And it's amazing. He, he He's able to identify lots of really good language. So now what you should do, listeners, is check out the page for the episode, obviously for the notes and other things that I provide there, because often I do provide uh, transcriptions and lists and things, but also check out the highlighted comment in the comments section because it might be a list from Jack and that can be very useful to you. Okay, Here are three things that people can do with Jack's lists. So you could uh, listen to the episode and then check the list afterwards. And as I said, you'll find probably you'll find the list as a featured comment at the top of the comments section. So check that list after you've listened and if there are some phrases that you don't know, Perhaps you can check them in an online dictionary. You could also try to remember how they were used in the episode. And maybe you could take those sentences and try to make your own sentences using the phrases. Another thing you could do would be to um, listen to the episode while checking the list. 
So you've got the list in front of you, you're listening to the episode, check the list and then notice the phrases as they come up in the episode. Okay, that's all you need to do. Just notice them as, as they come up. You could listen and repeat as well. So when you hear the phrase being used, you could pause and just repeat uh, the sentence that you heard in the recording using the phrase that you can see in Jack's list. The third thing you could do would be to add some of the phrases to your own vocabulary lists, which I hope you're keeping. And then you can revisit them later. And remember, if you don't use it, you lose it. So just talk to yourself about the phrases, maybe, or talk with a language partner trying to use the phrases. For example, if the phrase is, I've been meaning to do an episode about this for ages, which is actually was used in this episode. I think it was Roland who said, I've been meaning to ask you about this. So let's say the phrase is, I've been meaning to do an episode about this for ages, which actually um, is in one of Jack's lists for episode 497, the one about Withnell and I then you could take that phrase, I've been meaning to do blah, blah, blah for ages. You could take that and just personalise it. Personalise that phrase to make it about you. For example, I've been meaning to get the bathroom door fixed for ages. Or I've been meaning to read that book for ages. Uh, Just think of something that you've had vague plans to do for a long time, but you haven't done it yet. And just make your own sentences using items in Jack's lists. So it's up to you how you use these lists. All it takes is a little bit of motivation and ingenuity, and you can use vocabulary lists to your advantage. So check the pages for each episode and check the comment section too for Jack's lists, which are checked by me and then featured uh, at the top of the comments section. He's done lots of the recent episodes and some early ones too. Don't forget also to check out the transcription collaboration project page on the website. So I'd just like to say congrats Uh, to Jack. Uh, And to recognise your contribution, I would like to present you with something. I've got it here. I would like to present you with this special Luke's English Podcast Certificate of Achievement, which has been signed by me and all the surviving members of Pink Floyd. That's Nick Mason, David Gilmore, and also Roger Waters. And it was actually pretty difficult to get them all in the same room at the same time to sign this the certificate i must say but anyway here it is this certificate signed by me and the members of pink floyd and you'll see that the certificate also features a special gold leaf embossed lep logo in the corner and it's presented inside a very special teak and mahogany bespoke frame with scratch proof glass yours jack for the contribution you've made to the website recently also if you look at the back of the frame If you turn the frame round in your hands, you'll see something very special attached there. Just with some sellotape, it's just attached there. Yes, that's right, Jack. It's a set of keys to a Nissan Skyline GTR. Just the keys, though. Yeah, sorry, I can't afford the actual car, but you can have the keys. You're welcome. So that's just for the work that you've done on the on the website recently, Jack. Thank you very much. And to the rest of you out there, thank you so much for listening. Uh, check out part two of this episode, which will be available in the app. Uh, but for now, it's just time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.